You can get in your fancy yells, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the green dragon. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and as you can probably tell from how exhausted I sound, I have just come off day three of Articon, or the first day of the World Team Championships, and we had four exhausting games today, and I, I, it is going to take a lot for me to recover from today. Let me just tell you that uh, I am barely keeping myself awake and coherent uh, in, with the ability to record this episode. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll see how we go. This might be a bit more of a, a flat, more of a brief overview rather than some of the more in-depth things that um, uh, I normally go into. But uh, I'll do my best because I have four bangers uh, to go over today. And uh, I think I'll just get straight into it because I don't think I have the energy to take this to do this on for very long. So uh, anyway, without further ado, game one of uh, the uh, World Team Championships. Uh, I'm representing uh, our Germany. I've joined up with the German team and a couple of others. Uh, so we're kind of called Germany and Friends is, is our team name. So hopefully uh, we do really well. Um, we're looking pretty strong coming into uh, day two. So I'll let you know how I went. So round one, uh, we were in to the death as the scenario, and I was up against uh, Christian, uh, who was a, another uh, German player, and he was running uh, this like uh, Rohan uh, Gondor uh, kind of weird alliance. So he had Fall on the Fat, Imrahil as the leader, uh, Gambling, Mary on Pony for the cheeky little mart, uh, cheeky little heart moves every turn, uh, as well as. Um, uh, what was the other hero here? Uh, here in the Tall uh, and Baragond and some, some heroes and stuff spattered in amongst it. Uh, uh, he had some uh, some um, regular riders and stuff uh, to help him out, but uh, for the most part, uh, uh, it was uh, basically an all-hero army. So I started off by bringing the Emperor up, marching, uh, and uh, basically looking to capture uh, the objective that was being used for my oath. Uh, Oaths are kind of like this tiebreaker system. They award an extra tournament VP. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I was kind of hedging my best to try and uh, secure this one on the left flank. Now, I had five archers, my five honesty bows, and honestly, they are what won me this game. They you know, traded shots with uh, Berigond and the, the one Citadel guard he had on horse, as well as the handful of throwing spears that the Rohan Lord guard had. And eventually, I got lucky picked off a uh, couple of horses, but most importantly, picked off Forlong's horse. Dismounting one of the heroes was a big deal for me. It meant I had a target to go after and uh, actually close in and kill since my opponent was wisely not committing to a charge. Eventually, I was able to get a turn where I lost priority, waited for my opponent to move, checked the distance between Forlong the Fat and the uh, Dragonite, realized I was within 25 inches and went, right, this is it. March straight, straight at him. Uh, put the dragon out in charge range, boxed it off, and then won the roll off on the next turn to charge into Forlong. Got into him, and with the dragon out having strike, Forlong having nothing, I had started the engagement. Now my opponent recognised I can't. You couldn't. You couldn't just give me Forlong for free, uh, particularly when I still had positioning on that part of the board, and I was wisely able to well maybe not kill Forlong on the first turn, but start the fight. 
the follow-ups after that, Imran Hall tried to get creative with some heroic combats, but I, I sneaky saw where it was coming from. Rutabi intercepted those heroic combats uh, just by being in the right position and calling strats and stuff and calling your own heroic combats to dissuade Imran Hall from going into anywhere too dangerous. And in the end, I managed to kill uh, Forlong, uh, trap Huron and uh, uh, the rest of the Royal Guard and Mary in lines and was able to uh, secure a pretty uh, decent win. A 9-0 on uh, the first game is always a great start to a tournament and it was enough to get me up on the top tables on the balcony uh, uh, on the top 12 tables. So top 24 was really great. That was a really good start to the tournament. I was buzzing. I got my oath. Really big start. And... Yeah, second game already, we are starting to get some really tough opponents. So second game was Domination. Uh, I was up against Gulbar, the Witch King, a captain, and a bunch of Angmar. Now, I knew uh, what this army was capable of. Of course, I mean, it is the army I took in 2019 that was able to win me my, my first Masters title. So I was, uh, you know admittedly quite leery especially after my opponent um <clears throat> sorry uh Jasim from poland uh said that he was a big fan of the podcast and had watched my uh vods of that game so immediately i'm like all right he knows my tricks he knows what i'm gonna do i'm gonna have to really work for this game and create something that i don't think he might would expect so what i did was i went in with my infantry line charged up front to back um uh, well, I let him charge me front to back, but I wisely left gaps in my line. Rutabi was able to sneak into one of the combats, and this is where my plan kind of unfell, unfolded. I let Rutabi have the ability to heroic combat off her combat and then come back through my own lines to maybe catch a heroic combating Witch King on Felbeast or a uh, Gulliver that's trying to jump over my lines. Gulliver on the Witch King did jump over, but unfortunately had to spend a couple of my uh, on a uh, heroic combat off a, uh, a spooky spooky tested uh, like random Easterling that just decided to roll snake eyes and walk out. Uh, so it the combat cost him two might points instead of just the one, just couldn't get a six, and I just natty rolled a six off the shielding dice. Uh, Gulliver came in, killed two pikes, but then was kind of in no man's land. Uh, the Dragonite was in range to charge, as well as the Emperor and Rutabi. And when three of those strikers are in range and you've only got one spell from the Rich King, it starts to get really spooky. Uh, my opponent luckily won the roll-off and was able to get Gulliver out of Dodge and the Witch King, um, who had previously failed his uh, gorgeous Hurlwine uh, uh, combat, uh, get him out as well and got one on top of a room to be safe. Um, I was able to then go, well, if Gulliver's going all the way over there, I'm just going to go in front and fight for troops. I once again set up my little play where I had all three of my heroes in range of each other to be able to help each other out with the combat and strikes and, and peel off uh, friends and make sure I had the higher fight. And then I was able to just crash his front line. I think I managed to kill something like 15 orcs in just the front and back grind uh, whilst only losing a grand total of five models uh, to Gulliver and the Witch King. And funnily enough, that's exactly how many models I lost for the entirety of the game. It was five Eastlings and a horse. It was, uh, yeah, bit of bit of a bit of a interesting uh, uh, kind of display of how powerful the Eastling front to back is. If you allow them to get their pikes going, I had my cavalry all around the back, capturing the back to getches, and I sneaky sneaky uh, got a drum off on that turn and 
propelled him all the way forward with another cavalry member onto an objective. So I was able to snag the result. Unfortunately, though, by drumming to make sure I secured the win off the drum, I gave up the ability to get my oath since the Dragon Emperor was in range of the drum, so he couldn't go in and kill another leader or enemy hero, really. So it was a bit of a trade-off in that regard. I did have a crack the previous turn, but the Emperor only did the two wounds that both got faded away, so I can't be unhappy that I didn't have a chance at trying to kill the Witch King in that scenario. It was a pretty good game all up. I, I really enjoyed, uh, a, you know, really coming up with some really interesting situations to deal with basically my own army list. So that was a really kind of like fun thought experiment and um, Josim really played it well. He, he tried his dandest, kept, kept, kept keeping himself in it, but unfortunately for him, just he had to spend just a couple more might than he would have liked to to make sure those heroic combats went off early and to keep all of us safe and when you're down this couple of might points against multiple striking heroes it's going to really hurt you in the long run and i was able to clutch out a eight nil victory uh, unfortunately i didn't get the earth I'm, I'm kind of like thinking about it i really would have liked to have gotten the earth um but getting getting my leader into any one of the other heroes was going to be a really tough affair considering the board state that we were in and how it was it was it was just it was just too risky um all said and done moving into game three now this game was was really interesting i was up against uh um uh, Glacimo or, or Jack, he was from the Italian crew, and he was playing Assault and Lothlorien, and a very similar competition composition to what I had. He had Wag Riders, um, one spider, a couple of bats, but he has six Wag Riders, so a lot more than what I had. Same heroes, uh, Shaman, Captain, Muscat, Drizag. So I was already pretty leery about it. I also looked at the clock. We had started a tiny little bit late, so I'm like, I really need to play quick, get up and move it. In his face and get aggressive so i marched drummed straight up ran up uh left a couple of acolytes back on my home objective to guard it and then to my shock my opponent didn't threaten my objective he kept everything back from to my gears and i'm like well if you're going to do that i'm going to skirt up the board edge and when i mean skirt up the board edge i hugged the board edge like it was my lifeline which it was. I had to make sure that the Assault and Lothlorien couldn't envelop me, which meant I had to hug that voyage and keep everyone a nice, tight ball. Ritabi was having a tiny bit of an off day, couldn't win many roll-offs, and uh, kept getting transfixed. But she did end up on a few kills. There was one uh, mistake I think I made in the game. I called her a move when, in hindsight, I probably didn't really need to contest it. There was no way of my opponent, particularly from where his heroes were situated, for him to really threaten the Emperor. Uh, and at that time I, I wasn't trapped with the Emperor so I was able to get this really I, I could have kept that might which would have been very helpful later on in the game to allow Retard to kill horror combat and possibly bail the Emperor out because that is how this game went the Emperor eventually died to uh, a lost roll-off got trapped rage um, spider and bat in went in it was a bit unlucky because uh, the previous turn I didn't get the kill on the bat one combat against the bat flopped all the wound rolls just I only did three. Even with the Pelican strikes too, it was it was a bit of a rough show. But it, it, this is one thing I want I want to um, kind of say to my opponents uh, that um, I mean finding a lot. Uh, I mean finding a lot of my opponents really really know what they're doing, but are just nervous and unsure of themselves in critical situations, and sometimes that can slow the game down. And I lost this game, um, at least from my opinion. I lost this game because 
we ran out of time. So if we had played another turn, I had the ability to get on the objective and pick up the uh, the uh, the relic. We were playing retrieval, by the way. Sorry, I kind of ranted a little bit. That's how late it's getting at the moment and how tired I am. I'm just kind of like rambling this game three. Uh, but we are playing Retrieval, I'd basically run up the board edge. I saw Mothorian got about 5-6 kills before we that His throwing weapons were on the charge were incredible. Like, Wargrider's just like, into combat, in the way on your own guy. Yeah, pass that, hit, hit the rider, kill. Like, like, what do you do with that? Um, but yeah, anyway, Retrieval, getting back on topic. Retrieval, I was threatening his objective, and if we had have played one more turn, I would have had the opportunity to kill one more mortal, which would have broke him. I would have been able to pick up the relic, which would have tipped the balance in my favor. It would have been a 4-3 win to me instead of the 5-0 defeat that I took. So it was one of those games where I was just, I was kind of a little bit frustrated that my opponent wasn't playing at the pace we needed to. There was one turn in particular where it took him 15 minutes to move his army. And the whole time I was, telling, was like sitting there and I'm watching... Um, just uh sorry <clears throat> i was watching uh Glissimo, uh move and i'm like seeing him touch prowlers and like kind of look around and i'm like trying to going you know exactly what you're doing you you know the moves you know exactly the methodology don't doubt yourself go straight in you, you know exactly how to make this engagement work on your terms in the exact way you want to you know the exact sequencing you need to do and you just have to trust that your gut instinct is the correct one because the one thing that um, I, I was saying to Glossima at the end of the game and i was really worried for him is that don't get caught into this trap don't um lose games because you've played too slow and this is the thing i was like trying to stress him that you have a real chance to win this tournament you have a real chance to make it to the to the seventh championship round just make sure that you're actually getting the win get those W's, don't try and like um, slow play it or cheese it or, 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 or slow down or try and overthink your moves because at that point in the game, every second is precious. And if you can play to that conclusion, get that 25% or get to the break-in walls, you are going to absolutely destroy people's hopes and dreams with the Assault and Walk Warrior. And I, I really wanted to impress this because like he spent a lot of time sitting back and showing, we, like, we spent half an hour of me just running at him uh, before I got into combat. So... I really hope he does well. I'm curious to hear how he did go. Uh, I did take an L on this, as I said, 5-0, and I did not get my oath, uh, um, which was a bit sucky, but, you know, it's what happens. Uh, sometimes you just lose roll some roll-offs in some bad situations or make some slight errors of judgment. Um, I definitely could have played this a little bit better, a little bit cleaner, but it's one of those things where I felt I had to speed up to compensate for my opponent slowing down. So I think if we had have met each other halfway, we would have had a lot more time in the game. So always kind of like respect your opponents like that, everyone, and make sure that you're always playing at speed in that tempo, even early on into the game. I can't stress on how much, how much time these players waste at like the one hour or the 19 minute mark of a, a tournament game, um, dicking around doing whatever. When if we are playing at speed, those final 20 minutes of the game that both players would need to really see the ending and the conclusion would happen. And it's it's so much more rewarding when you get that. But I wish Glissima all, uh, all the best going forward. I hope he crushes crushes it up on the top tables because he beat me. So if you beat me, you have to go through. You have to get the win. And I hope he does because uh, it'd be really cool to see another Assault and Warren uh, absolutely smack people around on the top tables. Uh, but game four now. This game, if, if the last game had me a bit bitter and disappointed, the next game fixed this right up. Now, 
this game, I, I think I'm going to be thinking about for probably the next, like, bajillion years. That's how, that's how insane this game was. So the mission was uh, Command the Battlefield, so Maelstrom Deployment. And I was up against the Necromancer's Legendary Legion. So he's got the extra attack, he's got the extra will and stuff. And I thought, Command the Battlefield against this? That should be easy. And, you know, the game even started off in my favor. I got all my warbands on in the same spot. And my opponent rolled 2-1, so I was able to get to, like, basically the center of the table and then just disperse all my cavalry out to the edge. What I didn't account for was how masterful my opponent was with this list. And let me tell you, I have never uh, seen someone use the, uh, the Necromancer's Legendary Legion this well. Yeah, he took the two Slayers and Men for the Burly uh, plus one to wounds, which was a really cool choice, and two Abyssal Knights. And now, I thought it was weird, no Witch King, no Lingara Shadow, very good utility models, but I didn't realize how good the Abyssal Knights were going to be, and some of the shenanigans this guy was pulling off was absolutely insane. My favorite, absolute favorite play that I had against, had happened against me was Rutabi, had just finished killing off a uh, Castellan in the list. He had two Castellans, uh, four of the Ringwraiths, uh, two Abyssal Knights, two Slayers of Men, and the Necromancer. Had uh, Rutabi got a clear line at the Necromancer, had this beautiful angle through. The gap was too big for a Slayer of Men on the respawn to take and block off Rutabi. So Rutabi, in my eyes, was able to easily go into the Necromancer next turn. Oh boy, was I wrong. He resurrected right next to the Necromancer and then used the snapback from the Slayer of Men to go into base-to-base -base contact, block off Rutabi, and then use the snapback from the Slayer of Men to open up a corridor that the Necromancer could then escape through. My mind was blown. I had never seen such a more magnificent use of a micro-interaction and sequencing in my life. This was, this honestly, this was the game that taught me that I still had a lot to learn when it came to Lord of the Rings. Because the stuff he was doing, the way he was using his chill souls, his compels, were absolutely masterful. You know, moving pikemen out, uh, using models to block uh, my ability to get into combat. Um, all of these little things. He even used Curse. Curse! Do you think, who would use Curse? But he used Curse to get rid of Fertrimtabi's fate so that he had the one-shot potential from the Mogul Blades and from the Necromancer's Chill Soul, uh, Drain Soul. And I was just like, what is going on? I'm being out-microed in a game with an army that I am so proficient with. The, legendary, the Dragon Emperor Legendary Legion. I thought I had this Legendary Legion on lock and I was... I was going, I was going ham, and I think, I think I put him on 13, 14, 15, will be back rolls from, from these ring racks, and none of them would die, no ones, no nothing, and he just, he kept grinding it out, stalling it out, stalling it out, in fact, he stalled out the game so long that he broke me, and put me into a position where I no longer had the models to defend the Dragon Emperor, and at that point, I knew it was time to push the eject button. Time to just get my army killed, end the game on quarter, use my battlefield wide stand faster, secure the three table quarters, and win the game. And then one of the Slayers of Men jumped over my line, 
sorry, one of the, yeah, one of the slayers of men jumped over my line with the will be back and ran for the middle. And I'm like, oh no, oh no, he's going to capture table quarters. He's going to take VPs off me. I can't allow this. And I, I, I'll admit it. I don't like having to play the cheesy, you know, get your army to run away card, but that's what I did. That's what I was forced into doing. I had to, t you know, get the emperor behind a building so that my army couldn't see him and then start taking courage tests. And damn it, I kept passing them too. In fact, the end of the game came down to could a slayer of men kill my own guy? In fact, I was so desperate to get this guy killed. I was like stabbing to try and get myself killed. Fortunately for me, the Slayer of Ben killed my own guy. The Necromancer who had charged um, the uh, Dragon Dragonite to stop him from blocking everything off um, killed him too, ended me on quarter, and uh, ended the game for me. And I, I got very lucky that the game had it ended where it did. Because if it had gone one more turn, I think I would have lost. It was, it was that on the wire. And although I got a 6-3 victory with no oath, this was the thing that blew my mind. He had taken the same oath as I had, which was capture the center of the, the master tactician objective marker, which we placed at the start of the game. And he had done it by forcing me off, by threatening the leader kill, by threatening the leader wound. One leader wound and he captures two quarters and I'm done. I'm out. I'm out of that, out of that game. But he used it. He threatened me off and I gave up an oath at the very end of the game, to trying to kill the W. And yes, I did get the W, got the five tournament points, but that oath, that oath at this point in the tournament would have been very, very nice. And what can I say? This this, this game was absolutely masterful, and I, I have to give it, I have to give a massive shout out here, right? So I have to give a massive shout out. I don't have, I, haven't, I don't think I've actually said who I was playing. I was up against, um, uh, Jorin Felix from um, the Netherlands, and he was just. This game was just. I can't stress how amazing this game was to play. It, it reinvigorated my love for the game and reinvigorated my kind of drive to find these new creative ways of playing certain armies. And look, I'll tell you right uh, right now, I am I am looking at some sort of Necromancer Dolgador army now as one of my next major armies because what you can do with these ring ramps on the will be back on the Necromancer spells was just I my my mind boggles at it. And he, he, um just him uh Duren uh told me at the end of the game he he played Jay in the previous round and nearly got the win off Jay with some shenanigans like picking up a uh up the prize with an abyssal light and then snapping that abyssal knight back to the other abyssal light halfway across the table with the with the prize and retrieval i'm like that's fucking genius and yeah just all over that it just this game was just insane and we had a really long chat i mean um during at the end of the game about just how much this game just reinvigorated our love of the game and our desire to want to keep playing the game and find and discover new things because some of the little tricky fun interactions we had were just that were just levels and levels above what i think normal players would ever see in a day-to-day -day game you know not taking courage just moving to trap backing away to trap disengaging getting models deliberately killed it this game had it all and i th i said at the very end of the game 
every single special rule, every single war gear was used and implemented and uh, manipulated in such a way as to make the game more interesting. And the Necromancer casted, I think, every single one of his own spells except for Instill Fear. The, the Morgul Blades were constantly threatening my, my heroes with no fate. It was everything about this game was just squeaking out tiny little advantages and the only reason why i won this game was because my macro was just a tiny bit better than my opponent's micro and i very rarely have the privilege to say that someone knew the intricacies of this game better than i did and uh i i am just i am buzzing because of this now and i am so 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 looking forward to trying some new stuff out because uh yeah, this, this game was a banger, and I think th this game is probably almost 100% going to be my Articon game. Um, if e Even better than the Contest of Champions against the Azog. I think this 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 game was this game was fire. This this game pushed me. So uh, thank you very much, um, Jiren, for the absolutely amazing game. Uh, I wish you all the best and all the luck in the world going into this uh, uh, day two for game five and six because man some of those uh those fate saves and will be back rolls were just absolutely incredible and i hope you keep getting a string of those because i think you're going to really push some players uh going into day two but uh that's all for me my voice is pretty much dead now and i have another another two games to play tomorrow so without further ado everyone traps win games and have a very very good night Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon Podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.